Hey, <laughs> speaking of contentment, what's wrong with you? We got nine eggs to eat today. <laughs> and we'll eating. have nine tomorrow, too. Right. Shut your face. <laughs> Well, it's an abundance, right? It's only six of us. Come on, come <laughs> if on. If we have nine eggs. Go there. <laughs> yeah, but. We're well fed. <laughs> Shut your face and crack some eggs. <laughs> Get to scrambling. I have a friend who told her, um, grandchildren once you get what you get and you don't mind a bit uh-huh get the bacon <laughs> get the bacon to go with the eggs <laughs> oh we're doing great was this a train that just just went off the tracks <laughs> sorry i'm thinking about 3360 eggs for <laughs> per year i thought wow. you were gonna say 3360 things oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Hour. Yeah. yeah. That must be where my head is. 525,600 chickens. Excellent. Oh. oh. Hey, welcome back for another Full Life Conversation. Today we're in part three of a teaching series entitled Gratitude to Generosity. And Hawa Brown, our Asbury Harvest Campus Director of Kids, joins us to talk about how contentment is such a vital part of the process to becoming generous. Hawa joined us earlier during our Daniel series to talk about spiritual warfare. If you haven't heard that episode, you'll definitely want to go back and do that. We are so glad to have Hawa back on the podcast. Here's that conversation. Well, it's good to see you guys again. Heck yeah. Great to be back. Hawa. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Hawa's yeah. back. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Good to have you back. Yes. Glad to be back. So we're talking about contentment today. We're continuing in this uh, series, um, Gratitude to Generosity which Carl Schoenholz and Tommy Gray wrote together. Mm -hmm. But we just heard you today talking about contentment on mobile. Yeah. So thanks for sharing your heart with us. Yes. Because it was so awesome. Powerful message as always. Yeah. Yes, we're recording this way before that. So we're 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 speaking speaking in faith. That's what it sounds like when people speak in faith together. That's right. In stereo. I'm going to add a reverb to that. Speaking in faith, 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 faith. So tell us what is, uh, what's going on in your life these days? I would say what's currently going on like right now are chickens, right? Like what does mm. that have to do with anything? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we got a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> we decided to get chickens. So that has been a fun journey. They are growing. They're like teenagers now. Like, I don't even know how you, yeah. like, do the math on that. But they start out as little baby chicks, and then they're bigger. So I figure they're teenagers. And so. So they're giving you attitude. They're mouthy. They're, like, attitude-ish yeah. with each other, like, yeah. pecking at each other's beak. And they're, like, trying yeah. to sleep all day. Like, what teenagers is, is, is this that? Teenagers? Right? Is that a teenager? Stay in their room. Staying in their room. Leave they're, like, falling asleep, standing up. It's the cutest, funniest thing. So. Try to ask them how their day was. Fine. <laughs> Right, and that's and then they doze off. So you know, it's chicken and children. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of how, how many yeah. do y'all have? How many chickens? <laughs> Not we, children, chickens. Chickens. We have fourteen now. We had fifteen, wow. but uh, we lost one. But oh. uh, we have fourteen of okay. them. All right. We are outnumbered by a lot. So. <laughs> 
they're like teenagers and <laughs> newborn babies all at the same time, you know, they're just eating, sleeping. Yeah. I always love any conversation with you, Hawa, for lots of reasons. But one of them is because I just don't ever know what might be happening in the the Brown family. You this know? is very true. This it's is very so true. Fun. Yeah. I don't either. It's just very organic. <laughs> so lots of eggs. Is that what, what you're... Hopefully by spring. Okay. okay. You no, know, it's All always right. too early or late to do math, but if we have 14 <laughs> and each of them lay between 200 and 240 eggs um, a year. A, okay, a year. A like, year. What? <laughs> At one time. Nathan's face. I've never had, I've never had chickens. Yeah. I've always yeah. thought about, I've, I have yeah. thought about getting chickens, uh-huh. so I'm, we may talk later, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, as soon as you said 240, I was like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, a year. Okay. A year. All right. Each, each. Each. We're talking. We're talking That's a lot. A lot of eggs. That's a lot. That's a lot. Fourteen. I mean, hang that's on. That's way too much math. To <laughs> way do. too wow. much math. Any time of that's the day. That's crazy. Well, I mean, that's why we have these calculators that make phone calls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So that's um, thirty-three hundred and sixty eggs. Wow. That's so. sweet. So no more trips to Sam's. For That's, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's it. That's I'll it. take it. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yes. Right. So let's talk about contentment. And since, Krissa, you have your Bible open, why don't we read the passage? So this is Mark 10, 17 through 31. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. I almost feel like um, we can't fully talk about being content or contentment unless we talk about being discontent, Uh, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Like they kind of meet each other at some point, we kind of can measure like how we're doing in life based off contentment and discontent Mm -hmm. but um I feel like the guy in the passage it was so interesting that he felt like you know I've done all the things (laughs) I've checked all the Mm -hmm. boxes Mm -hmm. but as soon as his material things were kind of put into question all of a sudden 
it's like, nope, I I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it begs the question, have you been content or are you discontent? Like what's kind of your thoughts? What are your motives? I feel like more, even more so, what's your heart posture? Yeah. Yeah. I think more so of what it speaks to. And I, I feel personally, I can't say that just because someone have plenty or have a lot of material things that they cannot be content. But sure. I think that it definitely makes it harder to be so. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. I think it could actually open the gateway to being discontent mm. and the gateway for mm. sin and brokenness and all the things that kind of follow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I remember a time maybe 15 years ago, Greg and I were living in Pensacola at the time, and we were a part of a just a really vibrant church family. And about 20 of us had gone on a mission trip to one of our mission partners in Ecuador. We flew into Quito, the capital, and then we drove a couple of hours kind of up into the mountains. And as we were driving, we saw just extreme physical material poverty and all the evidence of that 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 brings with it. So as we're we're driving through and we we get to the place where we're staying and we meet the was a an orphanage uh, they have a high population of orphans. And so as we were getting there to help them work on the property there to create space for more orphans because they were continuing to to have children uh, with no home. Um, I just encountered some of the people who lived there, the native Ecuadorians. And I've experienced this in Ecuador. Greg and I experienced this there. And then in other places where we've gone, different parts of the country, where there was what we would say a tremendous amount of lack hmm. in financial resources. Mm-hmm. But there was, in some of the people we encountered, some of the deepest reservoirs of joy and contentment, I would say, that didn't match their mm. physical circumstances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons Which I believe, something. yeah, I think that's one of the reasons, one of the benefits of being in different contexts and different situations. It creates such a contrast mm-hmm. that it causes us to think and really grapple with that. Mm-hmm. And that's always really stood out to me, so much so that whenever, you know, in these kind of conversations from a faith standpoint, we think about contentment, that's often linked in some way to what we have because that's a tangible expression. That's how we recognize. Mm-hmm. Often that's where, where we get stumbled up uh, on that. I think about those experiences where they had virtually nothing materially, mm-hmm. but they were rich mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, spiritually yeah. And, and in contentment. And I think that for us in our context and in our world, uh, a lot of our circumstances, even if we wouldn't necessarily put ourselves in that category, if we look globally at the world and what the world would say, what is rich from a material mm-hmm. standpoint, I think we need to just be aware of the the pitfalls that could bring for us if we're not truly digging down below the surface to yeah. see where our contentment really comes from. And it's not bad. We just need to be aware of it, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so... I think you're right. I think the the contentment and discontentment is something that we need to look at, especially when we think about this conversation of growing from a place of gratitude to generosity. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that I've met many discontent 
people who were very generous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've met a lot of people who were very generous in many ways, and they were really content. Even in some of the countries that I've been able to travel to, they had next to nothing mm -hmm. from a lot of the ways we would determine that. But they were so generous. Mm -hmm. You could just feel it. Yeah. You know. I think that they're able to do just that because they get it. And what I think they get is, is exactly what we're trying to convey in this title from gratitude to generosity. Because when I think about that, I think of it as an active process of responding to God's graciousness. Mm -hmm. And so those things that y'all experience when people that seem to have nothing can invite you in and offer you everything they have, they get it. From gratitude to generosity, what I'm grateful for, how do I show it in my generosity because of God's graciousness mm -hmm. for me? Hmm. And so it is this active thing. It's going from one thing to yeah, the other. Good. I could be grateful in my heart all day and you never yeah. know. But when I move from that gratefulness and start showing it with my generosity, it's just a reflection of that. It's that active process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that language. I do too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That really connects it to what we want, like you said, what we want to accomplish in this mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. The series. Yeah. As I was kind of thinking about um, being content and the whole thought of contentment and being discontent, um, discontentment could be a positive too if that may not be. sound it weird or be. not no, like yeah. I remember um man probably 2016 or something I was just at a place and it's still a burden of mine of just like frustration right it's like man I believe so much crazy stuff is happening in the world I feel like we as believers should be doing more about it or whatever and I was discontent mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. not satisfied because if we think yeah. of contentment as being satisfied and then discontentment is not being satisfied I wasn't satisfied with what was happening in the world and in the response of believers to those things. So it could be a positive if it's driving yeah. the right thing, the right motives, not just to be, Oh, I'm sad that I don't have something, but to not be, um, spiritually like settled. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's super good. Because the lack of what you're getting. Yeah. So, yeah. Almost um, apathetic, it, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I don't, I don't have the right words, but I was thinking the same thing you just said that mm -hmm. like the, I don't know. The mature Christian life has to be like you have to have both good yeah. discontentment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, holy and discontent. Yeah, okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, holy discontent. That's the phrase um, I was thinking. Yes. Holy but discontent. not a worldly discontent. And right. I don't know exactly how to distinguish in those two, other than it seems like the holy discontent you're describing, Hawa, is more like the state of the world, mm -hmm. which feels a little more others driven, as opposed to like for me when I think of like worldly discontent, it's like about me. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, it's like comparison-based. Like, they have something that I could have, yeah. or I could yeah. be this. That's all about Garrett. But that's not what I hear you saying with holy discontent. That was that almost sounded like zeal. Like, yeah. okay, the world's not right. Yeah. This is not what our Father wants. That's good. Mm -hmm. We like that. We want that kind of discontent. That can yeah. create change. But we're talking about the the when Paul says to Timothy, you know, godliness with contentment. Yeah. is great, great gain. gain. Like, mm -hmm. don't be consumed by who you could be or what you could have. Or So I like that. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Got to yeah. have both. Got to have both. Yeah. 
I um I actually it's kind of almost like an anthem as many times as I said in the sermon, but <laughs> Philippians four eleven through thirteen, when Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and and he kind of declare at his ending remarks he and he's thanking them for everything that they've done for mm-hmm. him. He's grateful, but he says um he says I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in wow. any and every situation. What a secret. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Man, that's awesome. I could do all this through him who gives me strength. Wow. That's just like an anthem. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like everything is right there. Like no matter what your circumstance yeah. is, no matter what your situation is, no matter what, like you're good. Wow. He's got you. It's just an anthem to me. <laughs> That's how yeah, I see it. Yeah. I'm like, he says it all right there. Yeah. I don't know if this is true for you guys, but when you just read that, that is the first time I have ever realized I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. It's in the context of contentment. Yeah. Mm. Contentment. I can I mean, be content yeah. in Christ. <laughs> it's not usually how we hear it. No, no, right? it's not. Right. It's but not that's usually how we hear it. it. Yeah, yeah, I talked about that, and <clears throat> I mentioned that verse this morning in con- contemporary as well. That's so good. I think that's that's pretty interesting too, Hawa, that you and I haven't talked about <laughs> preaching this message. But right. That's part of hmm. I think those those are things we need to pay attention to. I agree. Yep. I agree. In a church family where we have different voices in different venues, mm-hmm. if there's a theme that we see, then yes. that's something I think we need to hone in on. We yeah. don't believe that's coincidence. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I think maybe Absolutely. reframing that that verse that we would often use to say, I'm having a hard day. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, which is true. Yep. Mm-hmm. But looking at it in the context, I think is really important. Yeah. yeah. Isn't he, isn't, you said he's kind of at the end of the letter, giving some thanks there. He's, yes. He was yeah. thanking them for everything that uh, they had done for him. Cause yeah. he's in prison, right? Who's thankful <laughs> to be locked up. Seriously. I'm just saying. Seriously. So it's like, it's one thing wow. to be like, I'm thankful in all things when I'm free, but it's a whole other yeah. thing to be like, I'm thankful even when I'm locked up. Yeah. That's so true. So wow. yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I don't want to read too much into that, but it is interesting to me. Like he's being content in a situation where he's being thankful. I do feel like that correlation exists in my life. Too, mm-hmm. that I tend to be content when I'm thankful. Mm. That I would almost say I feel like thankfulness is like, I don't know, a guardrail or something mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. like comparison or against what yeah. I could be doing. Or it's like that that connection exists in my life a lot. Mm-hmm. When I'm thankful, it tends to produce a contentment. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy. And we have this we have this conversation too, and just in my family of and it starts with me, y'all. I mean, <laughs> I see something that we quote unquote need, I just go get it. So many times, I don't even think twice about it. I need this tool because I need to fix this thing, and I'm 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 going to Lowe's. You know, uh, part of that is I kind of want this tool because you know it's a cool tool, <laughs> <laughs> and I can see I can see how this could serve other things. So you know, yeah, it's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, but how how much of that is you know, me wanting versus me needing, mm-hmm. you know. But it made me think about the the conversations that we've had about, well, is this something that we really need right now mm-hmm. versus, 
yeah, we just want this, don't yeah. we? You know, and again, it starts with me. That's where you say need in air quotes. Uh-huh. Need, right. Yeah. Right. When we think about, oh, if we need something or if it's something we want, I think that kind of fine line could lead us to covetedness, right? Oh, yeah. Like this yeah. desire for what somebody else have or just wanting, 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 because we think that that thing is going to satisfy whatever the need is. And it could kind of lead us to the whole thought of... um just wanting what others have. Like you ever heard the person like they have all the things, but it's not enough. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, you got the big house, you know, with all the fancy pools and all the things, but it's not enough. I want more. I want more. I want more because in reality, that's what the world would lead us to think that we need more. We need more. We need to covet. We need to want what others have. We, we need to constantly have this desire to want more. And it's actually one of the, um, or discontentment, rather, which that all kind of flows together is one of the big weapons that the enemy uses, right? Because if he can make us feel discontent or unsatisfied, then he's got us. He's got a hook in us because we're never going to be at peace. We're never going to be full of joy. We're never going to just kind of be in a place where God wants us. We're always going to be on edge because nothing that we ever have or nothing that we ever do will ever be enough. So that whole like contentment and it's nemesis discontentment and, and that leads to covetedness and, and that leads to all kind of sin. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy trail that we could be led on. Um, so we really have to be careful and mindful of that and learn to say no yeah. <laughs> to ourselves. Yeah. This trying a, to learn that. It's yeah. a scary thought when you when you make the enemy your shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because um, it, did, it did remind me of when you said, you know, I'm, that place where we don't want anything. It reminded me of Psalm 23. The yeah. Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how, how, how much we, you know, in so many ways, um, we allow the enemy to be our shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a... That's a that's a my responsibility kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something that I can control. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, that there, there is a scheme that the enemy wants to play out, but in so many ways, I've created that space for the enemy to whatever it might be, whether it's. <laughs> and I think social media is is so influential in creating that sense of I need that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need that. I go through these seasons where I get in this fit where I just want to kind of spend money. If I could just be completely honest and it comes every so random often that I just feel like, oh, I want to buy something. And then I was Mm. thinking, I was like, well, I call that Tuesday, but whatever. (laughs) That's Tuesday for you. But it got me to thinking like, Usually during those times, there's probably some kind of friction or some kind of tension, something that's Mm. happening in my Mm. life that's not right or that I'm allowing to consume me or throw Mm. me off my filter or whatever that got me feeling like, well, to fill this void or to replace this feeling that I have, I need to go buy stuff. Mm. Yeah. Coping mechanism. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism. And so if we if that's the thing for somebody. (laughs) They need to cope with something and they go spending money or eating, whatever, you know, just kind of putting a name to whatever it is that it is and bringing that before God Mm -hmm. was just the thought with the moments that I'm discontent. 
yeah. and I'm kind of falling out of my contentment and feel like yeah. I just have to buy something. Yeah. I just have to do something to make up for whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good realization and connection. It brings back to mind what you said earlier, and this is about the matter of the heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's something that we continue to explore, um, especially in this series as we're walking through this, but you know, what is really going on below the surface mm-hmm. and just even taking a moment to stop and examine, Hey, asking Krista, what is driving this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what is, what are you fixated on right mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Because I, I really do see how that could help us live yeah. in a place of more contentment with where we are, you know, with what we have. Yeah. You think about this word covetousness, which I remember learning in the King James back in the day. (laughs) And when I saw the message notes for this, I was a little nervous because that's, you guys know, I have some words that are hard for me to say. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I have to think really hard before I say covetousness. Was that right? Was that sort of right? Yeah, sure. Okay, sure. (laughs) Nathan's looking at me like, no, but let me be kind right now. I'm not (laughs) Sometimes I say it too, and it doesn't doesn't come out right. But yeah, as I was, it's like Massa- think- Massachusetts. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. But as I was thinking through this message, I thought, okay, how would I define hmm. what covetous yeah. means? And I would call covetousness a disproportionate desire for what is not mine. Mm. So desire, in and of That's itself, great. isn't bad if it's motivated motivated by the things of God. Right. Yeah. But where we get into trouble is where we have a disproportionate desire. Right. That doesn't match what God desires for us or anything else, but it it's attached to something then that somebody else has because I'm comparing now. Right. Right. And thinking, oh my life would look better. Yeah. Bigger, faster, all yeah. that. If I had this thing that I don't have which just focuses on what I don't have rather than what I do. Right. Yeah. So I think as we explore this for ourselves and maybe for the person who's listening, like what is fueling our, the desires of our heart? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're getting at. Hawaii. Yeah. Like yep. I like that you said surface. that. Yeah. So basically like whatever it is that we're desiring, if it's exceeding our desire for God and we got yeah. a problem. Yeah. 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 If it's exceeding yeah. our desire for God, then we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in my life, and that is so good, Krista, that definition, that's such a good definition. When I think about that in my life, often the only way I can know if those desires are out of line is to voice it with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't think that's something Garrett can even do on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, in my own head, that's just really confusing. I know that's actually one of the things that counseling has been really beautiful for in me that it's mm-hmm. opened up is a space to voice discontent. Mm-hmm. And that's actually been helpful because it's increased my discernment of, is that good discontent or bad? Right. That's so so good. I would even say to somebody listening, like your life group could be huge mm-hmm. yes. in this conversation. Yep. Now I think you have to be courageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to say, hey, can I voice to you guys sure. some things I feel discontent about? Mm-hmm. And over the next couple meetings, can you help me figure out if this is good or bad, mm-hmm. or more likely, what parts of this are good mm-hmm. and what yeah. parts of this are bad. Yeah. Um, that's just like, I think, very freeing and very empowering if mm-hmm. you can look to the body. Because yes. I think then the body can say, hey, you know, 
caution, brother, this, this might be out of whack yes. um, or no, that's good. But I think the practical discernment of what desire in us is good or bad, we're going to get that from the body. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an true. excellent point. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, even outside of a life group, whatever the composition of your life group is, do you have one or two people that you are walking really deeply with, yeah. like in banded discipleship, mm-hmm. we talk about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, people that you have these conversations on a regular basis. You have enough trust mm-hmm. built mm-hmm. that you can go there. Yeah, and I think that is. You mentioned earlier, Garrett, the phrase guardrails. You know how the, the, that can be another guardrail mm-hmm. when we think about the the beauty of what God has done by placing us in a family to live life with. We don't actually have to figure it out on our own. The enemy right. will always want to isolate us. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. so we cannot yeah. fall prey to that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We know that does not lead us mm-hmm. down good yeah. paths. And so we won't be able to do so much, but especially with the example you use, Garrett, we've yeah. taken that to community that's trusted and safe. And mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Yeah. It's interesting how earlier you kind of drew a correlation between times where maybe there's some sort of tension in your life and times where maybe you like spend or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I wonder if we could, if that's true in other areas too, like I wonder if we could draw a correlation between times we're isolated and mm. when we feel discontent in a bad way. Yeah. That would um, be an interesting thing to journal about. I think as we see, there's so many ways that the enemy could kind of get us to that place, mm-hmm. especially if we're doing it alone. I think that's a really big thing. Like if we're trying to figure it out on our own, well, then the devil is going to continue to, you know, speak lies into us. But if we have some accountability partners, then that give us a chance to get it off our chest and for them to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, or no, or whatever. So I think that's a, I think that's key. Yeah. Not doing it alone. People that I would hold up as examples of, hey, this is a picture of what I think this looks like embodied. Mm-hmm. The first person that came to mind, Nathan, was your mother. Mm. And the conversation we had with her uh, not too long ago, and just the the peace and joy and contentment, Mm -hmm. which was the result, the fruit of a life lived day in, Uh day out, faithful to Jesus. Just the, the consistency we talk about, the the Eugene Peterson book title, the the long, slow obedience in the same direction. Hmm. And that will remain at the forefront of my mind. I don't know how many times I've thought about it since listening, being a part of the conversation here in the studio, but then listening again afterwards to that two-part series, especially the second part of that and just the contentment really on her face. Like there's a, there's a, a softness, a countenance on her face and the tone of her voice and all of that. It just, I believe for wherever we are in our lives, on this side of your mom's age and generation, that I believe is a picture of what it means to live a faithful, consistent day in, day out life over the long haul, run it out a few decades. Mm. And that is what, that is a picture of contentment to me. I think of other people, but um, that was that was certainly one that yeah, cool. that came to my mind just because she had been a part of 
our conversations not too long ago and and just it helps me sometimes as we come to topics that we're you know walking through uh, with other people in in faith mm-hmm. in our journey to have a picture mm-hmm. I, I tend to go to what does that look like? Yeah. I hear right. myself ask that a lot. Okay. <laughs> I hear that, but what does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. And so having an example of somebody who lives that out. And I would say, if that's something that somebody is struggling with, I'd look around in your own life yeah. and it may be somebody, it may very well, it could likely be somebody older than you, I would say, because yeah. there, there is just something that happens that refines us over time. Now that, that can also make people bitter, mm-hmm. but but for people who are walking with Jesus, I think there is a wisdom and a depth mm-hmm. and a contentment that we can look to. Yeah. Yeah. So there may be people in our own age circle or mm-hmm. um, maybe even people younger than us. I would say if you're somebody who is struggling to know what that looks like, look around you mm-hmm. and ask God to give you a picture yeah. of, of what that looks like. Um, maybe in a person or some other way and just learn, yeah. you know, just, just observe. And I, I believe that may help for, for people who like me sometimes think, okay, well, that's, that sounds great, but I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling it, so to speak. So what does it look like? It mm-hmm. might be that God has already placed somebody in your path yeah. who is walking this out that mm-hmm. could be an example for you. Yeah. And who knows, you may be that example for somebody else because it goes both ways. It yeah. goes both ways. Yeah. And it's not something that, you know, can just happen. And it's not, right. not something that we can do on our own. I mean, I, I think about, you know, how much that is related to how much in the word. Yes. My mom, mm. you know, has, has always been. Absolutely. I think some of the, some of the symptoms of discontentment can be boredom. Hmm. And I think we try to fill that boredom with how exciting it is to go to Lowe's and buy a tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're shiny, right? Or whatever it might be, you know, just, or, or just go eat something, mm-hmm. you know, I call that Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I call it every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I was thinking about how boredom, I think, really drives that. I think it's another word for discontent too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how that drives our need to fill that void with something. Mm-hmm. I think when when you're talking about mom or anyone who who just has that sense of of deep content, I really believe if if they've ever felt bored they have filled that boredom with getting into God's word mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. countercultural that is. Right. Get into God's word right. when you're bored. Right. Whatever's driving that boredom, what a great practical way to medicate whatever the thing is that whatever you're struggling the with yeah. the coping mechanism. And I'm saying this to myself, you know, let your, your coping mechanism be get into the word because of, because of the presence of God mm-hmm. yeah. that comes with it, yeah. you know, that is in, that is in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the word is living. Um, 
Hmm. And just what a, a practical way for us to approach being earthly discontent, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, but also for that to feed a, a holy discontentment too. Mm-hmm. Um, how that would break up the fallowed ground. Discontentment is almost like a, a malnutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're lacking something, our body, if we think about our body as lacking something from food or whatever the case may be, it, it's going to speak out, it's going to yell out, right? So discontentment is just like that. It's a malnutrition. It's something that we're lacking. And so when I think about that, I think about how we cannot fully possess contentment without fully committing to God. Mm. We cannot fully be content if we're not willing to fully commit to God. Like all aspects of our Christian faith, this is an ongoing work mm-hmm. of the spirit of the living God in us. And so as we have these conversations, there may be people who, like me in the past, I would hear something like this and I would kick into strive mode. Okay, well, let me just try harder. <laughs> let me let me beat myself up a good bit and leave room for the enemy to come in and beat me over the head with shame. I'm not talking about conviction. I'm talking about the the fleshly part of that and the, the part of that that is not helpful. It does not change us mm-hmm. and grow us. And then I would just double down and try harder. But in this whole series we're talking about it's motivated by God's love as Jesus looked at the man and loved him. And then he said, this is, this is an area where you're lacking. Mm-hmm. So you get this in order, then come follow me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're all on this journey. And so it's, I think we need to continue to remember um, this is an ongoing work of God's spirit in our lives We bring ourselves into it. We are responsible for our part of it. We do it in the context of community. We stay rooted in the word. We stay connected to Jesus. Um, And and all of the the different aspects of that, it's not about trying harder. That will not satisfy. Mm -mm. Just like accumulation of stuff, Mm -hmm. whatever the stuff is, accumulation Mm -hmm. of relationships or whatever that's trying to fill the void, fill the gap, it Mm -hmm. will never, ever satisfy. And so lest someone think, okay, well, let me just try harder and let's check that, take that to the Lord and say, okay, how do you want me to respond? Because when I'm trying harder, it is all about Krissa. That is not about me operating Hmm. in the power of the spirit that lives in me. And so that would just be one of the the thoughts that I would say that just really kind of came to me. If if I hear this message and I think, well, I'm not there. I hear messages all the time. I think, well, I'm not there yet. Okay, so let me just try harder. Mm -hmm. Let me just Mm -hmm. reconfigure a plan, try harder so I can get there. So my life can look more like that or that Mm -hmm. person. That is not a place of contentment. Yeah. And so we remember that. This is all motivated by God's great love for us. And Jesus calls us to a higher kingdom standard when he really looks at us and really sees us. He loves us. Mm-hmm. And then, then he calls us to action. Yeah, 
then our response is on us. But it is, it is through his love by the power of his spirit and his unending grace that we get to, that's, that's how, that's how Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. live in a place of being truly content. Right. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's gratitude to generosity, like Mm -hmm. that process and Mm -hmm. that that happens over time. And so that would just be something I'd want. Maybe I'm just reminding myself this may be for nobody but me. Well, and <laughs> and it's, you know, it's the striving uh, the striving stops when we identify with Christ. That's it. We the we'll continue to strive as long as we're identifying with anything else besides Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 when we when we try to identify self with other human beings, that's when we that's when we fall into that trap of always wanting because it's, yeah. we're seeing, we're looking, we're looking to people, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're looking to people who are, have the, the, the same, mm-hmm. uh, flawed heart mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that we have. <laughs> I'm glad you kind of say that, that we look to people because like my story a little bit, according to American standards, we were poor. <laughs> now I never missed a meal or anything like that, but we were poor according to Amer- uh, American standards. My mom got assistance from the government. We didn't stay in a nice house and all of that. And so now, as an adult, and I ain't rich, far from rich. Just put mm-hmm. that out there. You got fourteen chickens. <laughs> fourteen chickens. That is rich. <laughs> I digress. No. But uh, just going from being poor, mm-hmm. right? to being middle class or whatever the case may be, I think the biggest thing for me was not looking so much at people. Like I had to change Mm. my heart's posture and be like, hey, what is it about? Is it about um, accumulating all of this stuff or is it about serving God? And so kind of having my feet at one point of time in life in both worlds to have plenty Mm -hmm. or to have not, um, to be well fed or to be hungry, um, to me, it's a blessing because mm-hmm. I kind of get to see both sides of things. But even more so, it um, continued to direct my heart's posture. Mm-hmm. It kind of keep me on my toes of, you know, Lord, I don't want to be doing this or desiring this or whatever with this for no other reason but for you mm-hmm. and yeah. to bring you yeah. glory. Yeah. So not what everybody else got because they ain't me mm-hmm. um, or I'm not them. But what it's all about. It's about my relationship with you and my salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great point. Hawa. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could pray for the person who's wanting to grow in contentment, that it wouldn't mm-hmm. just be a try harder, but that yeah. the spirit of God would really lead them into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that'd be cool. Hawa, yeah. would, would you want to lead us in prayer? Yeah. Is that cool? I yeah. For that. Heavenly father, <laughs> I, for one, know how hard it is to to just want, to desire things, um, to even desire things more than I desire my relationship with you. I know what it feel like to be in that place. And I know that it does not, it does not feel, it does not feed, it does not satisfy. And so I could only imagine how many people that feel that same way where they're battling between man I want this right here that's in the world but also want to be in a relationship with God and all of the tension that could cause 
And so, Lord, right now, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would just send your spirit to comfort them. Send your spirit to speak to them, Lord. I just ask that you would just be with them always through all things, through every circumstance. Let them know that they could turn to you. Let them know that they don't have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. They don't have to feel discontent and just waddle in it or or just fall prey to it. But they could actually be content, live a life of contentment. They could be satisfied. But that only comes through a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And so I ask that you would just send people in their lives that could be an example to them. Send people in their lives that could pray for them uh, directly. Send people in their lives that would encourage them, Lord. Mm-hmm. We are in great need of just that. I mean, I don't take for granted those that don't have, Lord. But uh, we tend to have much more than we realize oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And so I just ask that you will open our hearts and our minds to see that. Reveal to us what we have. Yeah. Help us to be grateful for those things. Mm-hmm. And help us to share that with others. And I just ask that right now in mm-hmm. Jesus' name for everyone. We pray it in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. 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 Oh, I thanks so much for being yes. with us again. Yes. Great yes. to have you back. Thank you all yes. for having me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't wait till next time. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> bring some eggs. <laughs> I probably will Hopefully it's not eggs. that long because yeah. if they're teenagers now. I know. <laughs> you know. They'll be hitting retirement age. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Those would be powdered eggs. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's hilarious. That is so great. (laughs) That is truly excellent. (laughs) So in addition to wife to Maurice, mom to four amazing kids, director of kids and harvest, we can now add chicken farmer to her title. Always a highlight to spend time with Hawa. And as always, you can send any thoughts or questions for us to podcast at weareasbury.com. Please share this or any episode on social media or just text it to a friend. We hope this will spark conversation with those in your circle. Thanks again for joining us as we live real life with each other, full life with God, and kingdom life on earth. See you next time.